0: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the five-minute clinical consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mark S. is a 60-year-old male in your practice. He has hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and hyperlipidemia. His BMI is 34, and he's currently taking two antihypertensives, two agents for his diabetes, and a high-intensity statin. When you enter the room for his four-month follow-up, he has a huge smile on his face. Doc, I told you, eating red meat is good for you. I saw it on the news. How do you respond? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, Chair in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Massachusetts Bay State Campus. Thanks for coming today, Bob. Thank you, Frank. This is uh, just a fascinating
1: study that's out there on, uh, on, on red meat. I had uh, heard about this as well, so can I get back to uh, eating my hamburger? Uh, what did this study, uh, what, 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 what was the story with this study?
0: Well, it's very interesting how uh, the headlines caught everyone's attention. And this is a very dense study. Um, they, they tried to combine a variety of different data points uh, from, from systematic reviews and meta-analyses to see what the influence of red meat in your diet is on, on outcomes. Now, in particular, they, they took all this data, they convened a panel, and they said, what is the benefit? What, are, what is improved? if you cut three servings a week of red meat out of your diet. And so if you're eating seven servings a week, now you're eating four. If you're eating four, now you're eating one. And and the average serving in North America and Western Europe is about two to four servings per week. Now, I found that very surprising. I, I don't have many patients that fall in that category. I think one of the areas is that that red meat in particular can be pricey and with 13 to 15% of the population having low income uh, maybe that's why it it's it skewed uh, off a little bit but i would guess the average intake in my practice is certainly more than 2 to 4 servings a week so so this research looked to see if decreasing had any benefit and here's what they found uh they divided the data into unprocessed red meat so that's what you buy at the store, in a piece of cellophane. And they looked at a meta-analysis containing 23 cohort studies and 1.5 million patients. And they found low to very low certainty evidence that decreasing unprocessed meats by three servings a week had a small reduction in major, major cardiovascular outcomes, including stroke, MI, et cetera, also decreased type 2 diabetes diagnoses, but had no impact on all-cause mortality or cardiovascular mortality. They then looked at processed meats, and those are cold cuts and those other things that we we enjoy. Hot dogs, Frank, those are mine. Those are yours, yes, hot dogs in particular. Another meta-analysis looking at almost three-quarters of a million folks found, again, low to very low certainty evidence that decreasing your intake was associated with a very small reduction in all-cause mortality, cardiovascular mortality, stroke, MI, and type 2 diabetes, okay? Um, And may have actually had a small impact on lifetime cancer mortality. So that's what, what this study concluded, that doing so, there wasn't great data. There was very weak data, and doing so may have a small impact.
1: So I actually just want to, but they didn't actually compare no meat. They didn't look at that as a comparison. They did not. They they recognized that
0: they they did talk a bit re- about recognizing the health benefits of veteran of vegetarian and vegan diets, but they did not try to inc- include that in the details of this study.
1: So what should we believe? I mean, for years I've been counseling my patients uh, to avoid red meat. Personally, I avoid red meat, uh, and so this is changes a little bit in my thinking. Or should it change my thinking? What what, what are we supposed to believe?
0: Well, I think if you are a vegetarian on philosophical reasons or health reasons, if you're a vegan for those same reasons, um, that's terrific. There's really pretty good data that shows um, avoiding red meats means you're going to eat diets much higher in vegetables. And we know that um, those diets um, have significant benefit. But if you're someone that does eat red meat, um, wh- where, where, where's, where, you know, no pun intended, but where's the beef? We've known that since the '90s. We, we, we thought we knew in the '90s that saturated fat increased the risk of adverse cardiac outcomes, and so the non-fat craze of the '90s came along, and we, um, being good consumers, replaced those saturated fat foods with high-carbohydrate, highly-processed, low-fiber-based foods. And certainly there's some role of that in in our uh, obesity epidemic. Um, What it turns out, and what we've learned subsequently to those recognitions, is that It wasn't saturated fat, but a subtype of saturated fat, trans fat, that actually increases cardiovascular risk. And trans fat comes about by cooking saturated fat at a high temperature. So if you really grill that steak or you love super crispy bacon, that's where you're going to convert saturated fat, which I do love crispy bacon. Um, um, That's where you're going to introduce trans fat into your diet, and it's the trans fat that increases your cardiovascular risk. Trans fat is used, was used, in a variety of fast food preparations and cooking. And in recent years, it's been banned in the US. So you can't cook with trans fat um, anymore. And people love talking about using polyunsaturated fats, which we know are are great. Um, Eliminating the trans fat is the big issue. So we've got data from 2015 that pretty much confirms that eating moderate amounts of red meat will not adversely increase your cardiovascular risk. Uh, The first one was a a systematic review published in 2015 in the British Medical Journal. The Cochrane looked at this also in 2015, looking at 15 randomized controlled trials and found only a small benefit to significant Red meat reduction on cardiovascular events, but no benefit on cardiovascular all-cause mortality. Subsequent to that, 2017 and 2018, we had data from the PURE studies, and these are again large, large cohort studies, 150,000 people, and we we we've continued to confirm that eating mild to moderate amounts of red meat is probably not going to adversely hurt your health. We we even found other things. We thought dairy was bad, and probably two servings or less per day of dairy has no, there's no data to support it has an adverse effect, including high fat, all fat, whole milk. So um, they didn't look at cream and half and half, but I'll tell you that it's okay to put a little whole milk in your coffee. So we've had data since 2017, probably since 2015, that this current study uh, supports that that lots of exposure to red meat is probably not good, but a mild to moderate amount is unlikely to cause a harm unless you're getting highly exposed to trans fat.
1: You know, I always tell my patients all things in moderation, and and this is nice to hear this because it kind of fits in my basic philosophy about how we counsel and and, and move forward with things. One concern I had, though, is I've been more aware of author affiliations and concerns about conflict of interest. And and the lead author on this, it seems like his name's come up in the past as having some conflicts with
0: with industry. Can you comment on that? Sure. So... um this didn't make the news loud enough. So everyone heard I can eat all the red meat I want, um but what they didn't hear is that the lead author is an epidemiologist and he he's he's a well-recognized epidemiologist and he answered all his disclosure forms properly. The disclosure forms for this publication said in the last 3 years have you had a uh, discreet um a responsibility that might be a discrete conflict of interest with this publication, and he said no. Um, But just before that three-year cutoff, he he probably did. Now, this study was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, a very reputable journal, and they were embarrassed to hear that he worked prior to this university in Canada with uh, the International Life Sciences Institute, which is an industry trade group largely supported by the uh, food, pharmaceutical, and agribusiness conglomerates. Um, And so they um, probably have a vested interest in us continuing to eat red meat. Um, So it certainly made many of the other people on the paper feel very embarrassed that this disclosure came out after it was done. Um, And it it should raise our concerns because, um, number one, he probably has a mindset, a a personal bias, and this paper may have lent itself further into that bias um, from his prior work. And number two, it needs to remind all of us that all of us have our own ways of thinking. And if you bring them to the bedside or to the research bench, um, you're apt to make false conclusions. And so I would say this paper's had some of its um, findings undermined by the fact that the lead author probably had a vested interest in the past, in the recent past, that may have influenced some of his conclusions.
1: Boy, those are always tough and always hard to know what what to make of those. Although you did cite some other studies that seemed to confirm some of this, so that was uh, nice to see. So, so what do we tell Mark then? What do we tell our, our patient here who's all excited about... Getting back to his steak and hamburgers again here, despite being on high dose statin and uh, being treated for hypertension and diabetes.
0: Well, I, I think I think our, our recommendations to him are the same before and after the study. Since 2015, uh, avoiding large amounts of red meat is okay. So, um, two to four four ounces. Of red meat a week is probably okay and not going to adversely affect his cardiovascular. So, so Frank, outcomes. I just want to
1: stop you there for a minute. So you said four ounces. Is that what a serving is? Is four ounces? Uh,
0: four ounces is your quarter pounder. That's correct. Um, that's that. That's a serving, and you can have up to four a week, and that's probably okay. So I can do that in one setting, um, um But
1: yeah, okay. That's that's that's, that's important. That's I think the first thing to make. Uh, to help people really think about a serving size because it's astounded me to look at things with calories on them and how many calories are in something and it's per serving and then you say this isn't bad then you realize there's three servings of what you're eating so well
0: i I think the second thing is that we shouldn't be replacing red meats with simple carbohydrates so complex carbohydrates found in vegetables is okay, but replacing it with more starches, more breads, more pastas is probably not. Um, Eating vegetable proteins and vegetable carbohydrates like beans and nuts um, or eating your protein from fish, we have really good data that shows these things lower your cardiovascular risk. So if you're going to cut back on your red meat, replace, like get two servings of fish a week, eat nuts, a small amount of nuts, 10 to 20 cashews every day, and dramatically increase your, your exposure to legumes, which are very high in protein and complex carbohydrates. And I guess my final thing for Mark is that we as, as healthcare providers need to remember that we need to be skeptical of, of the medical literature because sometimes it can easily lead us astray. Okay, thank you, Frank. Fascinating study, and really look, uh,
1: I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about this today.
0: Thanks, Bob. Practice pointer. For patients to lower their risks of cardiovascular disease and other adverse outcomes, limit their red meat consumption to four servings a week, each serving being only four ounces. And remember to start replacing red meat with healthy proteins like beans and fish. Join us next time when we discuss teenage vaping and the risks for vaping related lung injury. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking about Family Medicine brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com/podcast and see you next week.